fair to say you simply flooded the system with money? Yes, we did. That's another way to think about it. We did. Where does it come from? Do you just print it? We print it digitally. Look at what it means. This is why I'm saying, like, this is a lie that's been purported by Walt. The lowest rates, everything gets better all of a sudden. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. What about hard work? What about it? You work hard? Gods were like 30 to 1 against me. Yeah, I mean, there are very few people that, from my neighborhood, you know, in my environment, that make it out, uh, I mean, forget about being to be successful, to make it out alive. Top of the top, everybody. Uh, we're back. This is Trading Places. I don't know what is, but guys is in here. Um, here with my guys, Rush. Morning. Uh, Rashid. What's going on? Um, and this week, you know, we talking about this crypto, man. Uh, a lot of hat, a lot of crazy, not crazy things, but great things are happening in the industry. It's making progress. We also saw that the, the god, Michael Saylor, through MicroStrategy purchased another 50 M's of Bitcoin. They now own roughly a little bit over 40,000 Bitcoins. I'll feel free to fact check you guys. So he's doubled down on his investment. It's original investment. I don't know the entry price of the last one. I think it said like 19K. The one he just did? Yeah, the one he just did. I'm talking about the first time. Oh, the first one, yeah. Closer yeah. to 10K. Tick, boom. Closer to 10, 11K. Right. So he, classic strategy of adding to your winners, right? And running the bag up. What do you think this, do you think this investment will have a significant impact on institutional interests even more now? I think it's a hell of a statement um, just because of how much criticism he got for how much of his treasury he put in. And right. there was so much speculation of, oh, well, when it goes up, these institutions, then it'll be concentrated and they'll dump and it'll affect the price. But then what actually happened, he's like, no, I'm a believer. I'm a buy after I've already almost doubled my money. So that's a pretty big statement. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even say I'm taking gains. No, there's no taking gains, bro. Oh, why you said that? Because you'd be rolling it back into cash. Into a, a negative yielding asset. <laughs> there's no taking gains. You just buy and hold. And cash just becomes less valuable day by day. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the DX, I mean, it's relative to fiat, but that right. shit is dropping. The DXY. The dollar's finished. Um, no kizzy. No. <laughs> so it's like... What what do you say to people who say that, you know, uh, cash is a position in that, you know, you want to have some dry powder and, you know, being more cash than, ex- you know, exposed to riskier asset classes like crypto? What would you say to them and people? It depends on just where you are, where you're at financially and what you would need the cash for, like you don't have any real savings and you're check to check then yeah yeah but if, if you have like a, a portfolio and a network then you probably don't want to hold a lot of cash especially since you can collateralize your bitcoin anyway and get cash utility from there yeah, are you collateralized oh what did you say she 
No, I was just going to say, and adding on to that, Cash being a position, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it from uh, Rush Boy GC, Grant Cardone. <laughs> he talked about, talk about how, um, you know, it's storage. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's basically, yeah. you know, Cash is a position until you have an asset to, to invest in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a position, but not a position you want to be in for the long term. No, not right. It's, it's a it's a short term position until you find the actual vehicle that can get you some yield. Mm-hmm. What I find interesting is how people in the traditional equities market are playing these crypto adjacent trades, right? There's been a massive rush into uh, options contracts on MicroStrategy as of late and the same thing is happening for like blockchain uh, companies like riot uh some of the miners that we see in the public market we're seeing them rise a month ago riot was um four dollars uh it ended yesterday a little bit above 10. (laughs) this is happening within like the past four weeks Mm. so people who may not want the straight up exposure to crypto Maybe they don't want to go through Coinbase for whatever reason. And I'm of the belief that, no, you sh- you need to have exposure to the direct asset. But some people are playing the conduits to it. Um, PayPal and Square. And, and you see the correlation. Like It seems like PayPal and Square are trading alongside each other right now. And every time we're seeing Bitcoin go up, we see them go up because they have exposure to crypto. And so that's how some people are feeling like, oh, I can gain exposure to crypto that way, even though they're not really holding the asset. Um, and Michael Saylor has become somewhat of a star in the, in the crypto world now, right? And there are still many people who believe he's an idiot or that he's overexposed you know, to the asset class. But I, I'm of the belief that I've seen Bitcoin, I think right now as of this morning, Bitcoin is at a little bit over 19K. I used to think it was so crazy. I even told she this. I'm like, man, come on, quarter million, get out of here. Now, no, I don't. <laughs> what you I mean, price, as far as price targets? Yeah, as far as price, because yeah. as you as you were saying, you know, through prepod, yo, it's a finite amount. It's like pricing time, bro. Right, like, <laughs> talk like how about do you price this, time? You just said, yo, man, I've been looking at this asset for a year and it's just now clicked for you. Yeah. No, just. How just, did it click for you? Just understanding that there's no modeling for it. There's no, there's no other asset that exists that we've tried to price that's finite. Um, as far as the st- stock to flow ratio. Right. There's only going to be, what, 21 million Bitcoin ever mind. And if demand remains constant, I mean, there's no ceiling on how far up the price could go because the supply will stop and demand will continue to increase. So it's like, how do you how do you even set price targets on that? You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, demand is not constant. It's exponential. (laughs) <laughs> like it's not even constant that's if it was constant yeah. but it's, it's, it's not actually constant there's yeah. an exponential growth curve because of the game theory of oh a fixed God. asset you don't want to be the one that's last to buy yeah. so it starts with your competitor buys and then everybody in the space buys right behind because it's, a, it's, a, it's only a, a, a finite number that will ever happen so the game theory forces everybody to jump in which jacks up the adoption curve. 
to an exponential function. It's ridiculous. So, th- so there's no way to price it. Like we've never seen this before. <laughs> On top of that, I think we've seen a record number of uh, Bitcoin wallets, crypto wallets this year. That's good. As, as well. So we see adoption steadily click, uh, you know, going up. And it appears that institutional money <laughs> is scooping up as much as possible right now. Right. They see the future of money. Right. Uh, now, there's this debate of. Well, is it a currency or is it you know, store value? Because people are when people acquire their Bitcoin, they're not spending it. They're taking it off exchanges. They're putting it in cold storages or they're collateralizing it or, you know, collecting interest on it through things like BlockFi, what, you know, what have you. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on the rush of institutional interest? Because it doesn't seem like this is retail driven. If you if you check Google Trends on the number of Bitcoin searches versus 2017, it appears that retail interest is starting to peak up just a little bit, but it's nearing record all-time highs, but not so many retail investors. They, like they miss a trade. They feel like they miss a trade because they just don't understand it. All as far as Bitcoin, late. yeah, they just think they missed it. Um, but um, to your point, I think, I mean, it's pretty clear that its use case is as far as like, you know, December 5th, 2020, it is just a store of value. Right. And it's something that's yeah. going to be papered over with leverage and all that good stuff. But I don't see it as being something that we'll transact with. There'll be something built on top of that or something ancillary to that that'll serve that function. She, do you plan to ever spend your crypto or maybe a weekend in Aspen or? Um, <clears throat> I mean, look, I'll trade the adoption curve. I, like with a portion of the Bitcoin, because yes. like I said, the it, markets are markets and technology is technology and the way that markets behave with respect to amazing technology to revolutionize the world, they get ahead of the technology eventually. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you have some hiccup and then everything comes crashing down, but then you're further along in the adoption curve than you were when you began the cycle. And Mm -hmm. we're about to begin another cycle of an influx of talent, you know, people innovating in the space and new capital. And I think that, you know, people will get overextended beyond where we are um, for the digital asset space. And I I do think we'll have a correction one day Um, because that's just how markets are. So I plan on trading the adoption curve. But in terms of Bitcoin, there's a number that I will never sell. Um, but with the rest of it, I'll, I'll trade it to try to get more. You're, you're referencing like the alts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm referencing okay. the alts and even some of my Bitcoins, okay. even some of my Bitcoin I'll liquidate to get cash flow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, we're trying to get the financial freedom and yeah. Bitcoin's Ooh. not sending me a monthly chart. It's not. So, um, the it's way I view it is, you know, um, Bitcoin's a heck of an asset. It will probably appreciate more than anything I've ever seen. And for now, that's the vehicle I, I, I want to be in because I think it's going to smash everything in the cycle. However, there will come a time when the cycle is getting ready to end and people have gotten overextended in this market 
And with a portion of my Bitcoin, I'd be willing to liquidate it to get cash flow with the with the hopes of buying more Bitcoin later. Mm-hmm. Do, um, for those out there who may want to protect themselves from this risk of overextension, which I do not think under any circumstances it's here right now, how would you go about protecting yourself, I guess, he- or hedging against this long bet that you have on crypto? Like, do you have, you know, do you, do you, do you have any exposure to like derivatives or are you just like, I'm just long only? No, just set a couple of numbers. Okay. So like if I got in, just say that, say that I got in at seven grand. Yeah. If I got in at seven grand and I believe that Bitcoin will get based on the stock to flow, the stock to flow says 288,000. So yeah. I think it'll be somewhere between like 200, 300, 400,000, something like that at the top. So maybe I'll think about taking, um, you know, maybe like a fifth, uh, a 20th of my position at 100K a 20th of my position at 125K, a 20th of my position at 150K, and, you know, so on and so forth. But basically, I'll set targets and be like, no matter what, at this price, I'm going to sell a little bit of my Bitcoin and I'm going to put it into a deal to cash flows. Mm-hmm. I got you. On top of that, <clears throat> it's called laddering out of a position. Got it. No, that's the, and, and for everyone out there, that's a pretty sound strategy, right? You're just kind of, you dollar cost averaging in, but you set your price target, you set your, you have a plan. You dollar you know, cost average in and you dollar cost average out. Mm, they, <laughs> that's a fact. I know Rush talks about this all the time, they like having a plan. Like, so what is, what is your plan, Rush, as far as it relates to crypto? Like, do you have a, uh, I'm, I'm completely out of the asset class in like five years or one year. Like, how do you go about constructing your plan as it relates to, you know, uh, your portfolio construction strictly to crypto, not equities? Like, I'm so funny story. Like, and this, I, all I own is Bitcoin, right? Oh, um, you're a maximalist. You could say that. It, it, and it's just because that's where I built up. That's where I built up my conviction. That's where I've done my most research. That's where I've done the most research. Right now, I'm starting to look at um, just how I could create cash flow within that space passively through like staking and things like that. Maybe finding like debt instrument bond proxy type deals that'll exist. Um, whether it's I don't know. That's a whole different conversation. But when I think about Bitcoin, right. Um, that's I, I'm looking at it in the same way that Michael Saylor looks at it as it's my reserve asset. All right. So all of the all of the wealth that I build up through my business and, and the cash flow that I can create, I need to store it somewhere until yeah. I have to Rashid's point, you know, another deal that I could put it into that can cash flow. So I'm not I don't really look at it as something that um like a I'm trading it or investing is is more to me. It's like that's my savings account, right? Mm. And and there's no better like there's no better place to save my wealth than something that's finite. And then on top of that, I can collateralize it, so I don't need to exit my position. Yeah. And when I do collateralize it, the only thing I risk is the amount that I'm leveraging. Right. So if I sell out, it's just like I sold out anyway. So it's to me, it just how can I accumulate as much as I can, as fast as I can? And then as I, you know, 
learn and, and self-develop in other areas of my life. Right. And I had the acumen to, whether it's real estate, whether it's in the DeFi space, et cetera, get into deals that'll create more cash flows into my life. Then there'll be the conversation of, okay, can I leverage some of my Bitcoin holdings to, uh, to create that for myself? Mm-hmm. So you're future proof. You're future proofing yourself basically against inflation. I mean, you could say that. I just, yeah, I can, I can hear you. It just like, you you have to save your money somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can either keep it in my savings account, which probably isn't a good idea. That's (laughs) negative real returns. Um, I could do it in the equities market, but that's volatile. And the, the price is distorted because of central banking. Yeah. Um, I can do it in life insurance. That's a whole nother conversation. Or I can do it in Bitcoin. Um, and Bitcoin is, to me, you know, as far as preser- preservation of wealth through time, there's no better place to do it. But to Rashid's point, there's going to be a lot of hiccups in that adoption curve along the way. Right. And, I, and I, can, I can stomach the volatility because, you know. Your cost basis is low. <laughs> Well, you're my cause basis. And then I, I have a lot of conviction around it and I, I study it and um, I, I, I feel like I've, I've learned fundamentally what makes it important. Mm-hmm. And when I recognize that those fundamentals have shifted, then, you know, my thesis around storing my wealth there will have shifted and I might have to go elsewhere. Yeah. And also interesting, uh, we saw the Fed, uh, Kashkari, come out this week and say that rates may not change until 2024. No interest rates? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're parking bread in a, in a savings account, like expect to collect dust for the next 36 months at least. Yeah, yeah I mean... <laughs> I don't know why we why we acknowledge what these people say. <laughs> no, because I mean, after 08, it was the same deal. They crashed interest rates down. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like next 12 months. It stayed at zero until 2015. And then mm. they started raising it 25 and it basis. Started <laughs> yeah, and they Yeah. And then they tried to hike it up in December of 18. And then they're like, oh, this is going to crash the market. It's, it's indefinitely <laughs> zero, if yeah. not negative. Yeah. Until... I think until they figure this thing out, the CBDCs. Oh, the central bank digital currency. Yeah. yeah. And I think that we're going to see some like weird form of micro level window guidance type mm. interest rate manipulation that will allow them to reset the market. I think that's sharp. I think that's probably probably can, right. Can you, yeah. Can you touch on that a little bit more? Just, you know, for a minute or two, go into that for the people out there who may not understand what you mean or... I'm gonna try to break it down. Like right here in the world at a macro level. Yeah. So, so you know, essentially, just the way that the banking system is set up, the central banks have to give money to the bank so that they can lend it out, and then they dictate the interest rates around that. And that's that's the that's the maximum to which they can control our monetary system. But with CBDCs, they can literally dictate, you know who is being lent the money directly so they can cut out middlemen. That's what blockchain technology does. And then above and beyond that, they could dictate based on who's being lent the money, what interest rates they'll charge. So they could say like, if you're a bad saver, we'll give you 
will incentivize you to start saving by raising your interest rates, while someone that we want to incentivize to start spending or lending will lower theirs. So I think that, um, you know, with blockchain and central banking, with central banks and what they'll be able to do with it, they'll be able to really manipulate and reset the system in a way that they haven't been able to do before because they they've just kind of had to whitewash the whole thing just by saying, okay, everybody's at this rate. Whereas now individually, they can go like one by one and say, nah, nah, you do right. this, you do that, you do this. Using data. Yeah. Using data and technology to instead of having a blended strategy for the market, you yeah. have personalized strategies. And another thing is like time. Like if you don't spend, you know, during this period, the money disappears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff like that, you know. I can do whatever they want. That's why it's important to own Bitcoin. Because <laughs> that's yeah. going to be your opt out. I mean, look, I think a lot of people's fear, uh, more so in the earlier years, and still now, was just that, well, the asset can just disappear overnight. But we saw this week, Brian Books, um, who works in the uh, current administration, and as we're getting towards the, ne- the end of the Trump administration, I think. He's the uh, he's the um, the controller of the currency. Okay, so what what exactly does he do? On his day? <laughs> <laughs> he's what he's he's in the office of where currency is like sort of basically regulating currency with the banks. I honestly don't know how to break it down much much yeah. better than that. Okay. But it, it, he he's in a regulatory authority. Um, of the banks, there's many regulatory authorities, but he's one of the regulatory authorities that um, basically makes rules about what what banks can hold and right. stuff like that. And we saw this week, you know, he basically said like nobody's going to shut down Bitcoin, right? Mm. So it's not going anywhere. It's not. They're not going to. The biggest fear that I heard, well, not one of the biggest fears that I heard people constantly put out there was. Well, it's going to be regulated out of existence. Regulator just told you it won't. That's what's de-risked bad. even more. You can't. Right? Uh, and, and, and the fact that you got, listen, you got a lot of old white men <laughs> that are parking their bread into this asset now. Yeah. Powerful, you know, old white men. You think they're just going to park it there for it to be regulated out of existence? No, they influence shit that's moving around in this country, in this universe, right? In this galaxy, whatever. Same thing we saw uh, Grayscale come out and say there's been a rise of Ethereum-only investors, right? So a lot of people are now starting to become maximalists of Ethereum. Um, Interesting. I happen to be close to one of them. Um, Oh, you can't uh, really say them. That's all good. Oh, well, I don't know who. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there was any comments. But he said, over the course of 2020, uh, they're seeing a new group of investors who are Ethereum first, and in some cases, Ethereum only. There's like Crazy. a growing conviction around Ethereum as an asset class. I'm of the belief that like it has a powerful network, and that's why I got so bullish on Ethereum. Now, as far as who's becoming the Ethereum only investor, no one major has come out publicly um, and Ethereum had a dip just yesterday 
uh, still like it still seems like it's in price discovery. I'm waiting for it to wake up. <laughs> um, we had 2.0 phase zero, which was very disappointing. So we Vitalik and his little minions, they launch it on December one. I, I, I mean, Coinbase announces that they're going to be supporting it, you know, with additional uh, tools, you know, such as sharding and, you know, staking in early 2021. There was some excitement around it, but that didn't really translate to the, the price of the asset. Um, <laughs> Bro, it's the fifth. <laughs> right? So it's like, all right, well, what's next? Because there's still a lot of work to be that's done. What, that's what I say. It was a it was an event where, okay, it's live now, but all that happened is the deposit contract went live. So now people are staking ETH. And I mean, the, the price event is that if ETH gets staked up into running nodes, then it's not being sold. So mm-hmm. it's, it's short and, you know, it shrinks the supply that's being traded. So we'll, we'll wait and see. It won't, we won't get the effect of that five days later. We'll have to wait and see, you know, what ends up happening. But in terms of technology improvements, it's not faster, it's not cheaper. All that happened is now we're staked. We're moving to proof of stake. And like I said, it's a long way away from the updates to the needs to, to meet the technology. And I just want to say Cardano. Cardano has come, nah, seriously, Cardano has a lot of has a lot of updates coming up this month. Um, they're building a bridge from Ethereum to take tokens from Ethereum to Cardano um, and make them Cardano native. We're now in the Gogan era which is the smart contract era, which, which should be completely done in February. Um, watch out for Cardano. Smart contracts are live. They have a DEX just like Uniswap, MetaMask integration, and they're building a bridge from Ethereum, and they already are the most decentralized protocol. Yeah. So let's see what ends up happening. I, I think that's something I'm watching through February. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yo, Vitalik, do something, man. (laughs) Like, last time Bitcoin was at this price level, Ethereum was, I think, at like 1,200, 1,300. We're still below 1,000, man. So (laughs) hopefully it'll start to wake up. I remember when there was a lot of hype around the Bitcoin halving uh, halving event. Mm -hmm. Nothing really happened afterwards. But then, you know, a couple months later, shit started to take off. Hopefully that's the case. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not, I'm out. Um, I'm out. Uh, I want to touch on the synthetics. Uh, and because I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. But, Sheet, I know you've been doing um, some decent amount of research into uh, the synthetic token. Can you talk more about why this is something we should pay attention to? I mean, the, the main reason is just because... All right, so if you look at regular financial markets, you have spot markets, which is, you know, a a sizable number, but then you have derivatives markets, which is multiples and multiples and multiples above the smart times bigger than the spot market. Mm -hmm. So just by that same sort of logic, I look at crypto markets and I'm like, okay, well, if these are the first generation assets, just wait until we start having institutions get into DeFi. Yeah. And then they want to build synthetic products and sell them so that like 
people who are speculating on the market can get exposure. Yeah. So like the first movers in that is Synthetics and Uma. And uh, there's another protocol that's just launched called Mirror, which I'm mm. looking into. But it's just basically tokenizing real world assets and just creating synthetic products, which the market for something like that is just humongous. Have you done any uh, digging as far as valuations between synthetics, Uma, Mirror, et cetera? Pros, cons. Not really, honestly, at this point. At this point, I view all the altcoins as highly, highly speculative. Yeah. And like whatever I'm in is like, okay, well, my my thing is that if we get into one of these cycles where money goes into Bitcoin, people will take profits from Bitcoin and then they'll start going into DeFi and they'll start mm-hmm. going into these other protocols. So I think that these smaller protocols like just have a lot more room to run. And I'm looking yeah. at like synthetics. They have like I want to say like $700 million market cap. Mm. So like if there's 700 million and Bitcoin is 350 billion and synthetics is way bigger in right. the real markets than the spot markets, yeah. you know what I mean? That I'm just like extrapolating forward, like at the end of 2021, what could this possibly look like if these are the main players? Mm. And I'm going to just ride the wave in and ladder out into Bitcoin. Gotcha. Yeah. I find it interesting uh, for the very reason that it allows you to make bets or pretty much trade derivatives of traditional equities, right? Using crypto. Like, yeah. That's pretty gangster, <laughs> right? And it's built on top of Ethereum. So Vitalik doesn't save us. Maybe <laughs> this will, right? Um, maybe this will, you know, drive us there. But I find it fascinating because what they have done is created this country, like just global permissionless 24-7, you know, world of trading of traditional assets, but you're using crypto. Um, so it's a platform that's out there. And um, from what I learned, it used to be, a, it started out as a stable coin, but then they totally flipped the script and went into DeFi. So this just goes to show that there's innovation happening in a DeFi space and that we're ushering in, uh, I didn't build off this platform, but there are people that are ushering in this new era of just finance money. <laughs> so I got to get off this platform. <laughs> and it's like, you got to pay attention. You got to wake up and see what's happening out there and familiarize yourself. Because with the massive growth we've seen in the options market, I saw a headline on CNBC this week. It said, options trading is the new sports betting. I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. Which is bugged out because you were just saying not too long ago, Rush, right? About a month ago, the world is turning into gamblers, like, (laughs) by default. Yeah. The derivatives market is now larger than the equity market. And I don't think there's a, a platform that people really use here in the States just yet to trade on options for crypto, but it's coming. And it's only a matter of time. Uh, I know you could use things like Derbit, FTX. Shout out to FTX. Synthetics. <laughs> Synthetics. Right. Um, so educate yourself. Get out there. Understand what's happening in this world because the worst thing you could do is stay stuck in the mud and it just pass you by. Because if you anticipate in the future, it's here. <laughs> you just got to get in now. You know, learn your way around it. 
and, and it's not too late. A lot of people believe that it's too late. Like, oh, they see the price now in 19K. Yeah, we've been talking our shit because we've been talking about it since it was at the lows. But it's not too late. It's really not. Because nah, definitely. It's going to be really sick when you see especially that. With these, especially with these altcoins, man. Like, I, I, think if, I think if Bitcoin and Ethereum continue to cool out and things just stay stable yeah. enough, like to where things don't drop, I think we're about to see the altcoins go crazy again. They were going crazy um, mm-hmm. until we got that last drop. But mm-hmm. every time, every time Bitcoin, especially like certain, what happens is Bitcoin and Ethereum will, will stop moving for a little bit, and then people will just start trading in the altcoins, and yeah. some some narrative will pick up, and then a certain type of coins will start moving. So. One week it'll be Oracle. So it'll be like Chainlink, Band, Dose, Dia. They'll all just be up like 100% that week, 200% that week. And then last week it was Polkadot coins. So like it was one day where I looked on my app, Ring, Kusama, Polka Starter, all of them were up like 50% that day. <laughs> yeah, like so, so like it moves in cycles. It moves in cycles and, um, I think especially for somebody just getting into it, the way I view these altcoins is just like, can it survive long enough for me to make my multiple and take my profits? Right. And they move so fast. They move like in one week, two week cycles. It's like, I can get in, get my 5X in two weeks, take a third of my profits out and then just let the bag ride and see what happens during this, you know, during the cycle. And if it survives, then I 50, 100X. You know what I mean? It's risk free, and I took my profits and rolled them back into Bitcoin. So yeah, right back into Bitcoin, right? And it enables you to earn more Bitcoin over time because those are the trading pairs. So it's like you let your runners run, but at the same time, you earn more. You know, you're gaining more exposure. You're increasing your position. So there are opportunities out there, like fifty percent in a day. We saw Ave have a crazy run up over the past few weeks as well. Yeah, and they have a banking license in the UK. Really? Yes. Yeah, bro. Wow. <laughs> they doing some real interesting shit over there at Ave, man. So shout out to the team over there. Oh, cover protocol. Like- cover protocol. We talked about that was on the watch list last week. It's up 104% this week. <laughs> Doubled your money. Yeah, I double I doubled my money on cover protocol. We talked about DeFi insurance. That's another space I really like. I mean, as money as more money comes into the DeFi space, they're going to try to figure out how do we start to uh, figure out this smart contract risk. Mm-hmm. How do we price insurance around it? Because if we don't have insurance solutions, people aren't going to come into the market. It's true. Yeah, it's mature. It's 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 the the, the entire space as a whole has seen uh, maturity that I didn't even expect over the past two years, uh, especially on the institutional side. There are just way more uh, options available to the person that's sitting at a trading desk in a Wall Street bank. And now we're starting to see these Wall Street banks hire specifically for crypto. Oh, yeah. And what's crazy about that, you can't really go to school for crypto. <laughs> like there is, There are very few... Sp- Academic institutions out there that's like, yeah, come get a four-year degree in crypto. Like, it's some shit you really just got to get hands-on with. And if you get, you know, if you finesse it and get good enough at it, you could literally leverage that into a job, you know, making great money. Or you could, if you, you could do it yourself as well. You know, there are people that independently trade crypto full-time. So the opportunities is there. So be on the lookout for these things that we're talking about, right? 
cover protocols, synthetics. I really encourage people to uh, look at synthetics. Right. And we, you know, we'll put it in our notes, right? The tickets, we put it on the watch list. We share this with the people for free. Uh, that's what's that. Um, and the, and the, th- the last thing on this is I just want to give people perspective of why this is important, especially this DeFi insurance, because like just in June, we had throughout the entire DeFi ecosystem, there was $1 billion locked of value. And now five months, six months later, it's 14 and a half billion. So the, the industry is 14 and a half X in just six months. And everybody's just copying each other's code and building protocols and shifting money from one app to another, trying to get the rewards. Like, yeah. so it's, it's crazy. It's, it's a bunch of crazy stuff going on. So the need for insurance, that's why now we're starting to have more innovation because this is a new problem. So it'll be cover protocol, Nexus Mutual for now, but all type of insurance. like It's going to pop up. It's, exactly. It all has to pop up because the models, how do I know it's probably going to, these are probably going to be failures. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I'm just riding the wave up because this will rise as, as the value lock rises. And as long as it rises before it fails and I get my money out and I'm on to the next thing. But it's just like, I need to, I'm trying to ride the waves and get profits and make and stack more Bitcoin while I can and just yeah. be attentive to what the market is doing. That's a in fact. The process. Follow, the <laughs> Follow the money. Uh, speaking of, you know, one last touch point on synthetics, uh, a very notable venture fund, A16Z, got a 6% position in synthetics back in 2018. Mm. So, mm. See where the big boy bread is going. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, pay attention to what's going on out there. Um, all right, man. I think it was safe for Miami. I got any shout outs or anything I want to say to people? Anything else, Rush, before we go? Uh, nah, man. Watchless Cardano. Oh yeah. Watch yeah, Cardano. I'm 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 really looking at what they're doing. I think yeah. one of their they have an update coming out this week on the 10th, I believe. So yeah, keep keep an eye on Cardano. Um, I think we'll have a really good idea come February, like depending on where demand is um, for Ethereum and if Ethereum is having hiccups with like the network being too congested and things getting too slow or expensive. We'll see if uh, Cardano is ready to take some of the uh, traffic. All right, C- C- Cardano boys out there, holla at me. I'm on the edge, right? Um, I'm not married to Ethereum. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, synthetics, that's just on my watch list. Uh, I continue to believe that e-commerce is going to be big and going to benefit from crypto transactions. So PayPal Square. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's, that's that's what's on my list, man. And Bitcoin. Can't, can't, can't forget Coming popping. around. I ain't even coming around, man. Yeah, oh, coming back around because I'm coming that back around. Exact, I have a ball. Years ago, six years ago. So, yeah, yeah. Back. <laughs> Metallic is got me, you know. All right. That's all. <laughs> Bro, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Them and Cardano set out to do the same thing. Cardano decided to be decentralized first. Now, Ethereum's trying to do it, except they have a lot of users. So it's mm-hmm. harder to do the upgrades they need to do because they can't break it because everybody's using Ethereum every day. Yeah. So it, on top of having don't... a difficult task, they also have users they have to build around. It's just hard shit. No, I agree. Like, it, it's not easy to scale. But when I catch you on stage 
doing 16 bar raps. <laughs> like, what? When I see you creating memes of 50 Cent, talking about get Ethereum or die trying, like, oh no, nah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where y'all pro- where your priorities is at, Vitaly. So that, that's that's all I gotta say, man. Um, I'm gonna leave it at that. Decred, oh Decred, we mentioned Decred months and months ago. ago. Yo, <laughs> they popped at 34 last week. They was at 50 percent in a day. And they came Start back down. They had 26, 27 now. Starting to move up. So pay attention to that. Uh, but with that, ladies and gentlemen, you know, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Shout out to all of our listeners. Remember, investments and securities can involve great risk. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It should not be relied upon for financial advice. Please consult with a licensed financial advisor. Before you purchase any stock or crypto, remember, we just here for free game, conversation, and education. And with that, the dodge is out. We catch y'all next week. Shit, I could get used to this. Shit, I could get used to this. I could get used to this. This shit is everything. Shit, I could get used to this. You can see a lot more up here on the top floor. Projects to the penthouse. That's what we been bout uh, We just trying to win now FN and back of that Benz now uh, Let's play ball if we spin out You fall, see what your friends bout uh, Stand tall and poke your chin out Drink till it's Chris, you piss out I feel a vibe, they piss now It's lobster steak and shrimp now They caught my man on camera, told him